Let's just bow in prayer for a moment here this morning. Father, Lord, thank You. Thank You for the birth of Your Son. Thank You, Lord, that You look down upon us with all of our woes and troubles, uh, as the song says, in sin and error pining. Lord, just going our own way, and yet You looked upon us with incredible love to send us a Savior, to see to it, Lord, that we could be forgiven, cleansed, made righteous in Your sight, not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus did for us. So, Lord, we stand before You thankful, grateful for Your love and grace. We pray, Lord, that You would lead us, God, into Your Word today, Your Word uh, of wisdom and truth and grace to our hearts. Give you the glory and all the honor. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, I do have notes, but I I do want to talk with you from the heart this morning. Uh, It's kind of interesting that our Wednesday morning Bible study group happened to be in Romans, and we just covered this whole section in Romans and lo and behold, it has just been uh, it become very, very timely uh, in recent events. You've probably heard the phrase being used, um, COVID fatigue. How many of us have not felt at some point COVID fatigue, right? So we're going through, and then there's another variant, and then there's, you know, what is this and that and the boosters and all this kind of thing. And then just a couple of days ago, we get another bombshell here in New York, right? Uh, indoor, back to masking, starting Monday. And uh, it's like, oh, come on, please. You know, it's like, who, who wants to go backwards on this thing, you know? But I want to share a message with you this morning. And I'm going to entitle the message, Going Backwards to go forward, going backwards to go forward. I want to look at uh, Romans chapter 13, um, 1 to 7 this morning, because I think there's, there's a different way to look at this whole thing for us as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. And, and it, it, it's, it's bigger, if you will, than, oh boy, here we go again. There's, there's, it's bigger, it's more important, there's something more at stake here that I want to look at. It's a, it's a great opportunity uh, for us as a church to, to look at something you know, right where we live and apply Scripture to it. Romans chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, 
an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Now, the first thing we got to recognize here is the context of these verses. Um, we, we, we've just seen, if you go back in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, be a living sacrifice. Present yourselves to God as a living sacrifice. And then he goes on in Romans to say, this is what this looks like, okay, in these different circumstances. So in this particular circumstance, he's talking about uh, governing authorities. Now, at the time, at the time, I mean, you, you, you hear the, the stories of Herod and, and the Roman emperors and the things that were going on. These were not wonderful people that were in Uh, Paul is writing to the Roman church, which if, if you follow chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, you can see that there is a large contingent of Jewish believers in, the, in this church in Rome. Okay, Why is this important? Because the, the Israel was under Roman rule. They were under Roman oppression. Okay? Um, and they hated it. They had lost their independence. They had lost their autonomy. And they absolutely hated it. Remember when they came to Jesus, is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar? You know, again, these arguments were going on and on. We shouldn't have to pay for them. We are our own country. We are our own, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So th there is this, this animosity of, of Jews toward their Roman oppressors, uh, Romans who would uh, just for fun, you know, right up to a Jew on horseback and say, hey, carry this for me for the, for the next mile, just, just to prove their superiority, right? We're in charge. And you remember what Jesus said in that situation? He says, if someone compels you to go with him one mile, go two. Go two. Make it your choice. Make it your decision. You do something from your heart, and you are no longer under that oppression. Right? It takes the oppression away. You're not making me do this. I'm doing this. I'm going the extra mile for my Lord. Right? It takes away the oppression. So this is the context here of what's going on. Um, so... Looking at Romans 13, 1 to 7, let every person be subject to governing authorities. Again, these were, these were not wonderful <laughs> authorities, nor were their rules uh, wonderful. But what is the rationale behind this command that Paul gives? Uh, second half of verse 1, there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. We might not like the way elections turn out this four years to that four years to the other four years or who's who's sitting in what seat right given giving directions um, clear God allowed it for whatever reason God allowed it that person is in place because that's that's what God says you you, you go back to uh, Daniel chapter 2 uh, verse 20 and 21 and it says this, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belongs wisdom and might. He changes times and season. He removes kings and sets up kings. Somewhere in it all, God is sovereign. 
And whether, whether we get a, a, a good person or a bad person or whatever, somewhere in it, God is working it all together ultimately for his plan. So the authorities that are there, God ordained, and what God has appointed, those who resist will incur judgment, Romans 13, 2. Then Paul makes a general statement here. He says, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what's good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. Okay, But if you do wrong, be afraid, because he doesn't bear the sword in vain. For he's the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. In other words, if we're doing right, if we are in a general sense being a good law-abiding citizen in our Christian life, in the world that we live in, in our city, in our town, in our nation, whatever, we have that um, approval. We shouldn't have to worry about anything else. We're obeying the speed limit. We don't have to worry about getting pulled over, right? I don't have to worry about it. Um, God is the one, if you remember, who, when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt and brings them into the promised land, he didn't just say, okay, have fun. No, he set up government, didn't he? Because if you don't have government, you have everybody doing what's right in their own eyes, right? So you have to have governing, you have to have rules, you have to have laws, um, or else society would implode. So therefore, uh, Romans 13.5 says, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, okay, again, he is looking at us to follow the rules, um, but also for the sake of conscience. Also for the sake of conscience. Okay? Having a clear conscience is, is something the Bible talks about uh, a lot. Uh, a good conscience before God. Having a clear conscience not only keeps us from fear of punishment, it not only uh, keeps us from having to uh, you know, lie to cover up for another lie to cover up for another. It's just nice to have a clear conscience. It's peaceful, right? Um, but also, First John 3:21 says, "Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him." So having that clear conscience not only allows our heart to be at rest before God, but it gives, it gives us faith, doesn't it? It gives us confidence when we pray that, that God is attentive to those prayers. We're not, uh, as Isaiah says, regarding iniquity on in our heart so that it, so God doesn't hear us when we pray. So it helps us in our prayers. Verse 6. He says, for because of this, you also pay taxes. Okay? For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Okay? Where have we seen this before? In Scripture. In the Gospels, right? When the Jews asked whether it was right to pay taxes to Caesar, Jesus had them bring him a coin, if you remember. And he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is on this? And they said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things 
that are God's. We have to note here, again, in context, historians tell us that the majority of Jews felt that the Roman taxes were unfair. Uh, matter of fact, you, you've heard the name tax collector, right, in, this, in the Gospels, because they were hated. They were turncoat Jews who collected taxes for the Romans, which, again, they, nobody felt that they should have to pay. And these tax collectors would also charge more. They were allowed by the, the Roman authorities to collect more than what was due and pocket the rest. That's why they were so hated, right? So, again, it's unfair on top of unfair. And yet Jesus says, go ahead and pay it. Go ahead and pay it. There is a wonderful account in the Gospels uh, regarding this. I want, I want you to see this carefully. Matthew 17, 24 to 27 says this. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? And he said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. However, however, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. Peter paid the unfair tax, right, on Jesus' order. Who provided for him to be able to do that? This, 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 this is key. This is key. You, you go all the way back to the Ten Commandments, all the way back to where the Bible says, obey your mother and your father. There, there is this whole um, principle all throughout Scripture about people in authority and being humble and, and obeying those in authority. Why is that? Well, first of all, because it, it's kind of like in John where it says, how can you love uh, if God who you don't see if you can't love your brother who you can see? Okay? It's the same kind of principle. We, we learn to honor God, to submit to God's authority in our lives, to, to not go rogue by, first of all, learning to, to submit to our parents, right? learning how to obey our parents. We don't always agree with what our parents say, right? But what does God tell us right from the start? Obey him anyway, right? Um, we don't always like what the boss says. We don't always like what the captain of the team says. We don't always like what, what the, the, the choir director says. You know, I wanted that part, and he gave it to somebody else, right? You know, there's just there's always authorities in our lives and the principle for us as God's followers is to come up under authority. But what we see here and in other places in Scripture is that when we do that, when we um, come into a humble attitude towards authority, God blesses us. God helps us. Because he's the one 
that is ultimately in charge of our lives, right? It's kind of it's kind of like um, when we forgive people that don't quote unquote deserve it, right? We honor God; He blesses our lives. Okay, so our okay this 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 tax is going to be a burden on me. Well, God can bless my crops. God can bless my herds. God can can, can make resources come to me so that I can do what he calls me to do, because he's ultimately in charge. So it becomes a matter of faith. It becomes a matter of uh, trust in God versus I demand my rights. Okay. So there is a there is an inherent blessing in it. There is a blessing. Uh, what does James uh, James four six says? God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Grace to the humble. So he says this in in verse 7, Pay to all what is owed them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. You can see that Paul extends this right beyond just government, does he? Other areas, like we've talked about, local and national political leaders, parents, teachers, work situations, church leaders, coaches, project uh, leaders, committee leaders, whatever, you know, groups that were in so many police, right? Um, All these areas where we have people in authority. Our general stance as Christ followers, one of humility one of yielding to that authority with trust in the Lord to take care of our lives. Taxes and revenue are actions. What are respect and honor? Attitudes. That can be the toughest one, can it? We can, we can, we can pay our taxes grudgingly, right? Attitude. Why is the attitude so important? Well, first of all, actions follow attitudes, right? But again, that sense of walking in humility, understanding the time in which they lived. Jesus had a zealot among the 12, right? They wanted, with everything within them, they wanted to overthrow this Roman oppression. Matter of fact, that's why they missed the Messiah, because they thought he was going to come in on a white horse and and amass this army and overthrow Rome and set Israel up back in the glory days of when Solomon was king. That's what they were expecting. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't ever say a word about these corrupt Roman authorities, did he? No. What was, what was his plan to, uh, and, and I quote from Acts, they turned the world upside down. How did they do it? One heart at a time, by the gospel going forth, by changing people from the inside out. Okay? That was his plan. As the, as the prophet had said, he didn't raise his voice in the streets. He didn't, uh, he didn't amass an army. He wasn't that, that kind of a leader. So, when we look at James, God giving grace to the humble, when we look at Matthew, 
where Jesus provided for that tax. When we have a submissive attitude and action towards authority, God's ultimate blessing and provision is released to us. On the contrary, what, what do we get for whining and complaining? What, 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 is, what does that bring to us? Right? What does, it, what does it bring to our lives? What does it bring to our day? What does it bring to, you know, any, any, anybody around us? Right? Nothing. It's, it's, it's fruitless. Okay? Negative emotions, stirring up trouble, potentially causing division, disharmony, etc., etc. What do whining and complaining do for our faith? Okay? Instead of, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humbly do this, and, and I'm going to, again, and it, it definitely applies where we are in New York State, but this applies in the workplace. Okay? I don't like the way the boss is doing things, but as I say, okay, I'm just going to, it's probably not going to work. I, I bring up this situation uh, years ago. We had a, um, and, and this is not to pat myself on the back because I struggled with this. Um, we had a situation where um, we, we had a bunch of people that worked on Sunday. And the pastor said, someday I'm going to do, uh, we're going to have a Saturday night service. And so the, the time came and uh, we, we, we had built a, a beautiful building. And he said, I think it's time we're going we're gonna to do this. And I was, I was overseeing a lot of the ministry teams, uh, the worship, the nursery, Sunday school, etc. And I knew that people were, were stretched as it was. And it's like, we're going to add another service on a different day. And I'm thinking, I, I, I really don't think this is the time. So I sat there in this leadership meeting and I got outvoted. I was the lone person saying, I don't think this is the time. And, uh, so they decided. And I remember walking away from that meeting and I'm saying, but God, I know, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be the one that's going to have to go to all these ministry leaders and say, you got to add more people on your team. You got to stretch people even farther and all this kind of stuff. And I'm all the way home, right? From this meeting. And, and it was one of those times that God kind of grabbed me by the shirt collar and he said, Ron, I want you to present this like it was your idea. You walk out of that meeting, you are one with this leadership team. I want you to present this as, it was, as if it was your idea. I don't want you to say, well, everybody else decided, but I think, what does that do? Right? It just causes division. It causes problems. causes dissension. causes people to, you know. So it's like, hey, guys, we have people that, that, that you know, we have to work on Sunday, and we want to provide for them the experience that we have at church to be able to enjoy a service. And come on, we can pull it out. We've done things before, you know. Boom, 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 right? That's what I did. And God blessed me for it. And God, you know, spread a sense of that same, come on, we can do it throughout all these ministry teams, and we pulled it out. We made it happen. So um, I, don't, I, I won't go there. Okay, so uh, it was hard. I struggled, 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 struggled with that decision. But I knew God was right because there was something more important at stake than me being right. 
It was unity. It was harmony. It was peace for the body, right? So we, we, we need to come out from some of these things and look at the bigger picture and look at the word of God and say, Jesus, what do you want from me? So whether it's, here we go again, going backwards, but see, in taking a step backward, in taking a humble stance, we take a step forward, don't we? Forward in faith, trusting God. Forward in humility in the character of Christ. Forward as we look to him. And we show ourselves as believers uh, in the Lord to be not those troublemakers. Oh, these Christian people. Wow. Pretty cool. While everybody else is going, they're just going with the flow. Right? Now, I have to, I have to look at this uh, in light of the following. I'll close with this. Acts uh, 14, or excuse me, Acts chapter 4, 15 to 20 says, But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, that's the scribes, the Pharisees, uh, teachers of the law, saying, what shall we do with these men, the apostles? For a notable sign has been performed through them. It's evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. That was Peter raising the lame man at the gate beautiful. And we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge, for we cannot speak of what we have seen and heard. The exception to Christians submitting to authority is when it's trumped by a higher authority. Uh, there, there may come a time, okay? At, at this point... Um, in my view, they're asking us to wear masks. They're not saying we can't worship. They're not saying we can't teach in the name of Jesus. They're not, you know, um, there may come a time when decisions like this are made at high levels and we are forbidden to, uh, this guy right here is going to be forbidden to teach things from the scripture because they're not politically correct, Okay. I will lead the charge at that day to say we must submit to a higher authority. When, when the edicts of man contradict the word of God, we, we, we go with the Lord. Hands down every time. Okay? That's the exception. But in a general sense, as we look at to, again, whether it's the policeman whether it's the, the, the boss at work, whether it's our teacher, uh, whether it's the committee leader, whatever, uh, all these places where we have authorities, what is our stance? Humble, submissive, yielding, but not oppressively, we do it as unto the Lord. It might look like we're going backwards, but no, we are moving forward. We're building humility. We're increasing our faith. We are following Christ. That's our stance.
as I see it here in Romans 13. Amen. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a different decision. Not about us in the state, it's about us in him. Ah, so let's pray. Father, God, these are difficult times. We are facing frustration. We're facing, as you know, um, information that's out there that's been contradictive and confusing, and we're, we're all ready to be done with this thing. But Lord, as we look to your word, we see that you have a different way for us to walk in this world. And we pray, God, that you would help us to follow you, to keep our eyes on you, no matter what happens. We thank you, Lord, because we know that in doing so, ultimately, we will be blessed and we will be uh, instruments of blessing to the world around us, giving peace, joy, hope. We thank you for that privilege. In your awesome name we pray. Amen.